0: Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata.
1: It's the greatest show on earth.
0: Bickley and Murata.
2: Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to the world.
0: Dan Bickley.
2: Sportsman, sports. It's
0: sports. Murata. It's a power packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata.
1: Spectacular. Spectacular. <laughs>
0: And I love this show. This is the greatest show in the
1: history of radio.
3: See, it's the greatest radio show ever.
1: Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Not today, it isn't heavy hey everybody. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Whoa, what is going on with my voice here? That's a good am I one. doing something wrong, Billy?
3: Is he is he coming in from Mars today?
1: <laughs> just call Hello! In. Hello! hello. Hello. So I have the issues today. Yesterday it was you. Yesterday it was me. No, I think it's all of us. It is all of us. This
0: sounds great. Go ahead, talk, Jared. (laughs) Oh, no, we can't
3: can't hear hear Jared Jared. at all. Well, welcome to the Sarah Cazell show, everyone.
1: Um, (laughs) Sarah, you sound fantastic. Sarah, this is your big chance, Ruthless. It's your chance. Oh, no. Sarah the Ruthless flying solo. I like the vocal effects,
0: though. Maybe we could have like a little karaoke thing going oh
1: god yeah. is this oh dan
3: sounded good there talk hello, more hello oh, oh just kidding
1: hello, hello. oh um, no hello. <laughs> yeah <I'm laughs> not come s- on jared what'd you do now did robert sarver do this
0: <laughs> i'm not sure we can broadcast like this no i don't think we
1: can <laughs> I'm go
3: make some phone calls
1: so why don't you go to break and let's get this figured out jared yeah that would be a good idea Arizona's Sports Station. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Dickley
2: Morata Mornings.
1: All right, to quote Vince Morata, is this thing working? Is <laughs> this... Hey, look at that. Look at that. It is working. Hello, everybody. A delayed start to today's Hello, edition. hello. Can you hear
3: me? Yeah, we yes. can hear you. Uh, well, then it's not all good.
1: We were, so what is we so <laughs> <laughs> just up now, Jared?
3: There was buttons that were... Uh, not pressed in. Ah, okay. Something got screwed up. I don't know.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let's start the show. We'll be right on time. This is the greatest show. <laughs> start the show, Jared. Come on, Jared. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. The Splash, brought to you
3: by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah,
0: the Valley and the basketball world still both buzzing over the NBA's punishment handed out to Suns' managing general partner, Robert Sarver, after a lengthy investigation into the workplace culture he presides over. An independent investigation by the law firm of Wachtell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz conducted the investigation, including 320 interviews evaluated Evaluation of more than 80,000 documents, including emails, text messages, and videos. The result, Sarver suspended from the Suns Mercury organization for a period of one year, must complete a training program focused on respect and appropriate conduct in the workplace, and is fined $10 million, the maximum permitted by the NBA constitution and bylaws. Sarver will be working with the NBA to appoint an interim governor for the period of the suspension.
1: Yeah, a lot of tentacles to this story we're going to kind of lay out for you uh uh, everybody today, what's happened, where it's going, what to expect, the whole thing.
0: Yep, Cardinals will be back on the practice field today getting ready for their first road game of the season at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas against the Raiders. We'll get a look at the injury report, find out if there's any updates on the availability of J.J. Watt, Rondale Moore, and Justin Pugh. At this point of the week, Raiders are a five-and-a-half-point favorite for the game that kicks off Sunday well, at 125.
1: I, I think it's good. I think we can say that we should all be at, happy at the very least that the Cardinals seem to have realized that the regular season has begun. That's a plug. Plus. It is a plus. <laughs> Seem to realize that things like communication, yes. knowing the play, it's practice, practice stuff like that. I, I think they finally kind of got that in focus. Uh, some more aftermath of the Chiefs' win
0: over the Cardinals in Week 1. Kansas City head coach Andy Reid. Have you seen this guy, Have Jared? you seen this
1: guy, Jared? He
0: blamed the turf oh, condition at State great. Farm Stadium for injuries suffered by kicker Harrison Butker and defensive back Trent McDuffie. Uh, Butker turned his ankle on a kickoff early in the game but did return. McDuffie suffered a hamstring injury, was placed, on injured reserve. He'll miss at least the next four games. The Cardinals uh, did respond uh, to uh, Mark Dalton from the uh, Cardinals communications team responded uh, to pro football talk and said, look, it was fine. The, the conditions oh, of the grass he, were fine. He not fine. only
1: responded, he went into great detail about, oh, what, yes he about did. <laughs> what kind of grass there it was, was, some, there the, was, the procedure <laughs> and sunlight and temperatures. There, there was and, some high-level trolling going on oh, from yes, Mark Dalton yes. yesterday. <laughs> uh,
0: D-backs' bats have gone absolutely silent. Tuesday, it was Clayton Kershaw who shut them down. Kershaw pitched seven scoreless innings combined with two relievers on a three-hit shutout. Dodgers win, and oh yeah, by the way, they clinched the National League West. At least they stayed out of the pool. Uh, this time oh. they did it with 21 games left on the schedule. Joey Gallo gave LA all the offense they would need with a two-run blast in the second. Freddie Freeman had a solo shot in the third. And Max Muncy went deep in the seventh. D-backs shut out for the second straight game. They've managed just eight hits in the first two games of this series and one extra base hit. It's also the second time the uh, Diamondbacks have been blanked in consecutive games this season. Final uh, game of that set tonight, Zach Davies throwing for Arizona against Dodgers right-hander Dustin May. First pitch, 640. Pre-game coverage starts here at 6 o'clock on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Aaron Judge did it again oh, once, man. but twice. 56 and 57th home runs of the year for the Yankees in a game that they ended up winning in Boston. 7, 6, and 10 innings. That second home run tied the score at 4-4 in the 8th, uh, Judge, 10th multi-homer game of the season, the second most in baseball history behind only Hank Greenberg and Sammy <laughs> hey, Sosa. Fox.
1: Yeah. Hey, Bruce. Hey, uh, what I love about this story now is that pitchers have to pitch to Aaron Judge. He's in that he's in that area of record pursuit that you are a coward, a scared coward, if, if you pitch around, dance around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is going to be good. This is going to be and fun. You're a scared coward if you don't pitch to him, <laughs> him
0: and you're, you're an idiot if you do. <laughs> yeah idiot if you do. Uh, at the Eurobasket Championships in Berlin, Germany beat Greece 107-96 to move on to the semifinals, and Giannis wasn't around to see the end. He picked up two unsportsmanlike fouls with just under five minutes to go and was ejected. Did you see the foul he committed? I, no, I, I missed know, that. Pretty questionable. Really? Th- a shot at a, an opponent's head. Really? Uh, he did finish with 31 points, eight assists, and seven rebounds. Spain also moved into the semis. They beat Finland 190. Today, Luka Doncic, Goran Dragic, and Slovenia take on Poland and France battles Italy with the last two spots in the final four on the line. The Las Vegas Aces just one win away from the WNBA title after an 85-71 win over Connecticut last night. Game three of that series does shift to the Mohegan Sun for a game three tomorrow night. And legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy, named the Grand Marshal of this year's Fiesta Bowl Parade which will happen in downtown Phoenix on December 17th. The game itself, a college football playoff semifinal.
1: That'll happen on New Nice. I hope Al's working on his wave. Who who better to be Grand Marshal? I know, right? It's a good day. And he's been involved with the
0: Fiesta Bowl from from basically day one. Yeah. And uh, finally gets the call. How about that? There you go. There's your splash. That was very efficient, I think. I can't believe it. Considering the challenges we face. True professionals. (laughs) A true shenanigans Wednesday.
1: Yes,
3: Yes.
0: it is. Uh, Coming up next Robert Sarver suspended by the NBA for one year. A lot of reaction to it. And a lot of people in that reaction are asking the question, was it enough? We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
3: Dan Pickley, Vince Murata, Pickley
0: and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Right as of now, there won't be a vote, and Robert Sarver is going to fulfill this one-year suspension. We'll see coming out of it if he changes his mind about wanting to keep the team. Uh, He's not a member in good standing, uh, again, with his peers, with the league office, but for now, he keeps the Suns. That's ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski on NBA Today. Yesterday, the story that broke toward the uh, tail end of our show on Tuesday... Uh, The league's investigation wrapped up and the 43-page report was released and the findings were the NBA suspending Robert Sarver for one year, $10 million fine has to go through uh, workplace culture training. Um, And, you know, one of the first reactions was we we got into the initial reactions big time on our show yesterday. Right. But as time passed, a lot of people were like looking at their watches saying, all right, when are we going to get a statement from Sarver? When are we going to get a statement from the Suns? Those Mm -hmm. eventually came. They did. Uh, the statement from Robert Sarver says, uh, good leadership requires accountability. For the Suns and Mercury organizations, uh, that begins with me. While I disagree with some of the particulars in the NBA's report, I would like to apologize for my words and actions that are offended our employees. I take full responsibility for what I have done. I am sorry for causing this pain, and these errors in judgment are not consistent with my personal philosophy or my values. I accept the consequences of the NBA's decision. This moment is an opportunity Opportunity for me to demonstrate a capacity to learn and grow as we continue to build a working culture where every employee feels comfortable and valued. Uh, but what does that say for the employees that were affected during all of this? And uh, you know, yeah. we we did. You mentioned it yesterday, even before the uh, st- actually after the story broke. That one former Suns employee had been pretty vocal, uh, imploring the NBA to do something. When yeah. are we going to hear something? Right. And, and mention the word traumatized. Yeah. In describing form, former employees. Yeah.
1: It's, it, to, to me, there are so many different levels of the story and, and where to begin. It, it's, it, it's hard for a lot of people to kind of, I, I think, g- gain full perspective on this because so many Suns fans wanted the outcome to be different because Robert Sarver, for the majority of his time in Phoenix, has been a very bad owner. Owner. And and now uh, there have been people who have said over the years that he's changed. The, you can look at this basketball team as proof that he operates in a different way. But this this report was exhaustive. It talked to a ton of people. And what I can't get away from. Is um, all the people, particularly female employees of the Phoenix Suns, who have come forward, some of who who broke their NDAs, their nondisclosure agreements, to do so because they had deep trust that the NBA was going to do the right thing, and and that trust has been violated significantly. I feel really bad for them. Um, I heard the story yesterday of a of a of a former Suns employee who who. Wanted to take her son to a playoff game two years ago when the suns got real hot and she walked into the building and she basically had PTSD for fear of running into him. And you hear that kind of stuff and it just it it really sickens you. You go through the report and it's really it's boorish behavior. It's bullying. It's assertion of power. It's a lot of stuff that you don't want as an owner of Mm -hmm. a basketball team in a city representing in my opinion but but that's where i first go i go to that because the nba at the, at the end of their statement yesterday adam silver apologized to those who came forward, mm-hmm. so and you heard Adrian Wojnarowski's summation there. Robert Sarver's not a good standing, so a lot of people are like are saying, "Why did they go so light?" That is the perception. Why was this a slap on the wrist for Robert Sarver? And and I think that answer is complicated. And I think it's because Robert Sarver had a really good legal team, and if if the NBA's Board of Governors were, was going to reject this finding and vote Robert Sarver out there's a fear that you know robert Sarver's lawyers have did and could successfully argue that look there was no intent here our guy he just he he's just kind of weird he's very abrasive he, he's awkward he likes to say things to get rises out of people he likes and so then it becomes then it becomes that do they start parsing other owners for all their inappropriate jokes in conduct to prove that the NBA is holding Robert Sarver to a different standard. Well,
0: that's the thing, and that's one of the reactions that came out. Okay, you know the 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 ownership of NBA franchises with a three fourth vote could remove Robert Sarver from any activity in the WNBA in the NBA. But again, look inward. How many owners secretly are are thinking, uh oh? Uh, maybe, maybe our, uh, our house isn't mm-hmm. all that clean just yet
1: and I know a lot of people Mark reacted they just went through it on a, on a smaller scale
0: I, I, well, I'm glad you I'm mm-hmm. glad you went there because a lot of people said, "Well, they, they booted Ronald uh, Donald Sterling in 2014." Yes, they did. Uh, Ramona Shelburne actually went on ESPN NBA today, yesterday, and talked about the difference in the punishment. Adam
1: Silver banned Donald Sterling for life, but he did not force him to sell the team. Mm. If that makes sense, okay? He banned him for life, and if they, he, he had, there was going to be a, a vote for the Board of Governors to force him to sell the team. If, if they, if three quarters of the owners had voted on that. But before they ever took a vote, his wife, Shelly Sterling, decided to sell the team. So it, uh, the, it, this situation may come to that also. The punishment of one year and suspension and a, a $10 million fine, depending on how uh, Robert Sarver wants to handle this going forward.
0: And you're right. There's a lot of people that said that should be the standard. That should, that should have been the end for Robert Sarver, too. Mm-hmm. But you brought up the Dallas Mavericks situation. Mm-hmm. Workplace culture was under the microscope there too. And I refreshed myself and, and read those stories about how deep and how horrible the workplace culture was. Now, the difference is it wasn't Mark Cuban there was as a the buffer, perpetrator. Right. Yep. It was the CEO of the Dallas yes. Mavericks, who yes. was basically a predator. And it was well known within the offices of the Dallas Mavericks. But Mark Cuban came off looking bad because he didn't have awareness of the situation right. and admitted as such. Right. Guess what the fine was for Mark Cuban? $10 million mm-hmm. that uh, and w- w- it didn't get suspended because of his uh, removal from actual uh, yeah. you know, the actual, you know, What's the word I'm looking
1: for? Uh, the actual Incidence? incidents. There you go. Yeah, right. There's he. He wasn't directly involved, but as the uh, as the owner of the basketball team, it uh, it ultimately yes. lands on his desk. Yes. But but there's also. But you're right. There's a different level in how that is being perceived now. So so where does this whole thing go from here? I, I think that you, you heard Adrian Wojnarowski uh, sum it up, and and that is if if the league was going to do something different, they would have likely done so already. Um, the Suns partners could could be, rally. T- Together and try to do something, but it seems like that's the mi- minority approach. Uh, a good chunk of these uh, local investors, they rally, rallied around Robert Sarber when the investigation was announced. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, it really comes up to the, to the public pressure and, and where this whole thing goes. Um, if sponsors and title sponsors, and there's a whole long list of them from Footprint to PayPal to Coca Cola to all the way down the line. If, if they feel or are compelled to sort of unite against this, there could be pressure brought that way. Uh, uh, the Phoenix City Council, the leaders in the city of Phoenix, um, they are, they've they invested into this arena. They have not said a word about this yet, but they could make some noise because, again, they're partners in that building. Um, or Robert Sarver could take a year away and realize, you know what, I, did this. I I I don't want to walk back into this and then sell the team. Do you think Sarver would want to do that, though? I my gut feeling is no, but I, I talked to somebody who who said he really firmly believes that he's going to sell the team. Really? Now it just again I didn't press on on the why's and and whatever, but I just it's not it's not the way I see it not the way I see it.
3: Yeah. I mean, someone who, according to this report, has been repeating this behavior since yep. he started in 2004. Yep. Why would he now wake yep. up 18 years later and say, okay, you're right, I'm out?
1: Here's the last thing that that I was kind of told yesterday. It's it, We're going to know in the next 24 to 36 hours, really, if, if there's going to be any groundswell of outrage over the referencing of how many times Robert Sarber used the N-word and in what context. Now, it, it's very, very clear how he is a Approach this. He he came out when these allegations first came out. Robert Sarver issued a statement that I have never called used that word or called anyone that name directly. And you go back and you read it now, and it's a very carefully worded statement because he did use the word, but he used it in a context of repeating other people. Mm-hmm. Like why? If you can say, it, why can't I? And, yeah. but, but even when he was told during those incidents, you can't do that, Robert, stop saying that, he still would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, he's got great lawyers and they, they clearly can prove or think they can prove, and the league I think agrees that there's not intent there. That's just him being a jerk and and again it's it, uh, we all have our feelings about this but but from the standpoint of being a commissioner and walking in and taking a franchise from a guy who is going to fight you in court over it that's it's it's not as easy as some people and think it is and that's the
0: big difference in in the Donald Sterling case yep uh, again as Ramona Shelburne brought out the the the, the wife of, of Donald Sterling got involved uh, a lot to get into there uh, and we'll continue to do that as the show goes on but coming up next an Arizona Cardinals player with another eye-opening quote yesterday and some media availability. As week two gets underway for the Cardinals, they get ready for the Raiders. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
2: I mean, I, I can't really say exactly what changed, but uh, I mean, it was just early on. That was... You know, that was the first reps we've got as a group, you know, together, um, and I, I think it showed, uh, you know, early on in the game, um, and so yeah, we just got to be better in communication, um, just make that a point of emphasis going forward.
0: I don't know if you had the same reaction to hearing Nick Vigil of the Cardinals say what he just said in that soundbite, Vic, but yeah, I was like, can I can I hear that huh? one? More,
1: can I hear that one more time,
0: just to make sure. The question to Nick Vigil was, <laughs> "What changed?
2: The defense looked a little bit more buttoned up as as the game went on." I mean, I I can't really say exactly what changed, but uh, I mean, it was just early on. That was, you know, that was the first reps we've got as a group, you know, together, um, and I, I think it showed, uh, you know, early on in the game. Um, and so, yeah, we just got to be better in communication. Um, just make that a point of emphasis going forward.
1: First reps yeah. we had together as a group. It, it, you know I was in a foul mood about this yesterday just mm-hmm. based on some of Cliff Kingsbury's comments. Then I heard that, and I'm like, <clears> "This <throat> football team just keeps telling on itself. And it, it, and <clears throat> look, they probably were not going to beat the Chiefs anyways, even if they had gotten reps. So we could all kind of maybe think, all right, maybe this will be an important learning uh, thing for the team. If you want to look at the overly positive, but but I really think that this is what this is what bothers me about the whole thing. This is your what for Cliff Kingsbury four four. I, shouldn't you, as a head coach in the National Football League, be a little more in tune with what works? I, See, I I'm getting a bad mood all over again. I'm sorry. No, I no, do- no. Listen, it, it, it's it's true. That's it, that's the asinine nature of it all. Okay, because if 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 you really believe that the reason you beat the Titans that day was because you did not rep and you were fresher than the other team Then you're ignoring what happened that well, day. Well, you don't think
0: people in Nashville, Tennessee, came out of that last year and went, "What the hell happened to the Titans? They, did. they looked they unprepared did. to play football. They did. How do you not block Chandler Jones? Did you not know Chandler Jones was on the other That's side? True. And then you flip it on its ear. And the, and the comment yesterday that put you in such a bad mood was like this this uh, almost admission of, "Wow, you
1: know." We weren't ready for how good they were going to be. We didn't be. think
0: the Chiefs were going to come in here, you know, full bore. That it's almost like, "Hey, you guys take it easy. It's week 1." Yeah, that's that's Whoa. A, right. They've not played together
1: yet. Let's relax a right, little. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is our first <laughs> time on the field together. What right, are you doing, guys? Right. There's something so unprofessional about that and something so just awful about that when you've got other teams hitting week 1 at 85 miles an hour because they're because because they, they've because they're going places. They know how to get there, and to just be kind of oh, hey, hold on a minute here. Okay, all right, now we get it. It just that to me just seems so derelict. Yeah, it, especially coming out of what we dealt with last year. And and, and you said it t- maybe tongue in cheek, but I
0: think there's truth to it now. Like the, the the wake up call was oh, the season began. So right now, I mean, the Cardinals should go into their first practice this week. Thinking, all right, this is week one. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's glaze over that mess that we put out there. And I agree with you. I think even if the Cardinals were sharper, were, uh, you know, visibly more prepared to deal with what they were facing, they yeah. still would have lost. I mean, Kansas City was, they were well oiled. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Uh, but but it, it shouldn't yeah. have been it shouldn't have been what it was. No, it shouldn't. It, it shouldn't have been a right. thirty point game at, because, at a certain point. Because in the game.
1: what it is, it's an expected loss. So they're zero one, like any reasonable human being would have surmised looking at the schedule. But it just reflects how soft and shaky this whole culture is. But not only
0: that, when you get hammered like that on the football field in week one. You might not even mean to, but the psychological effects are you you might be doubting the whole process as a player or a coach at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And that's what makes this game on Sunday enormous. It's would, week yeah, two. This know, might be a season-saving type game for the Cardinals. Or that's how they should be treating it anyway. You're exactly
1: right. And they put themselves into that position. And you know what? They're not doing themselves any favors perceptually. But again, it's it's early and they can change that. But uh, you know, I heard Paul Calvisi say this yesterday. I thought it was a very, very um, poignant comment that everybody around this football team and everybody who follows this football team needs to stop looking at 7-0 and and 10-2 and and look at the last seven seven games cuz that's the reality. They all built this future and this plan based on recapturing what they were at 7 and 0 and 10 and 2. It's time to start looking at them as a 1 and 6 football team. Yeah, and I think,
0: you know, we were guilty of that on two fronts as as sports fans in this in this town. I think Last year, during the playoffs, the Suns were not exactly playing great. They struggled with New Orleans in the first round. People looked at two things. They looked at 64 wins, and they looked at, wow, they were two wins away
1: from winning the championship last year. Right. You've got to stay in the now. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. So I, th- I think you're right. There, there better be 10 tons of energy and desperation and, and all that kind of stuff going into this game. The fact that the, the opening of the regular season seemed to catch everybody by surprise is just it's derelict. Well, it, it just is. Let's call it what it is. The Chiefs game? Is that today? That's Oh, this this one counts. I never got the calendar invite. Yeah, and you know, when did they
3: change it from three to four on right, preseason games? Right, years? right. <laughs>
1: and, and again, the, the idea that, yeah, I you know that was the first time we've ever even kind of been on the field together because we haven't repped that's that was wholly in their control wholly in their control yeah uh, it
3: is very frustrating when the players and coaches point out the stuff that we've been saying all off season as
1: if it's a new discovery to them right. listen this is why there's that that's why there's a disconnect and a lack of trust not for everybody but for a good chunk of the fan base there's a lack of trust in the leaders of this whole thing yeah, it, it, uh, that's that to me has become really evident coming out of this game. Yeah. And it's been growing, but I think it was really evident because we really thought, okay, look, you've got eight months to get ready uh, to fix what went wrong last year. You've got X amount of months to scheme for an offense without DeAndre Hopkins. you got all this time. How are you going to use it? How are you going to affect meaningful change in this football team? The answer was, well, we're just not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. That's that to me is just bizarre. So but again, okay, it's 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 early enough where we don't have to lose our total minds yet. But this is like you said, this is a gigantic game. You're going up against a Raiders team that you better you better be able to hold your own on both sides of the line of scrimmage here. okay? and you better be able to generate a pass rush because their offensive line ain't that good. And did you see some of the defensive grades coming out of that game against the Chiefs? Did you see the linebacker linebacker grades?
0: Honestly, and I always say this when I talk about pro football focus, it is a tool, it's not the Bible, uh, they have their rating system, whatever. And I saw a lot of people refuting even their rating system this week. And even I pointed out, how was Patrick Mahomes the seventh-rated quarterback by their scale in week one when he played nearly a perfect game? But I've never seen a collective group of individuals rated that yeah, low in an NFL game. No, either uh, Nick
2: I. Vigil uh did say, hey, we could fix it. No, I mean like I said, all this stuff can be fixed. I mean it's there's nothing to panic about. It's one game, you know. Uh you know, hats off to the Chiefs, they played a good game and they just they just end up just beating us. You know, so we just we just uh you know, I've already watched the film. I'm sure a lot of guys watch film, but we're going to watch it all together um, and get stuff cleaned up. And we're going to move on to next week. I keep hearing that, and all I have in my head is Fast
0: Times at Ridgemont High. Spicoli, my old man's <laughs> TV repairman. He's got the ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. You can't fix this car, Spicoli. I can fix it. And the very next scene is the is the Camaro in the school quad just being trash. <laughs> so yep. we shall see. Yep, we Cliff shall. Cliff Kingsbury's old man have the ultimate set of tools. Uh, if you subscribe to the Bickley and Murata podcast, subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. You'll never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home, get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, a classic case of better late than never coming out of Denver, Colorado. That and more NFL hash marks. Next, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 987 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley, Bickley and Murata Hash Marks. Get
1: it.
2: looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. One of those things, you look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. But in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark. We were 3rd <laughs> and 15, I think, 3rd and 13. I'm more upset about that play before it, to lose yards. Getting that there would have definitely been better to be able to call that same play and get extra yards, but um, he dumps it out to Javante. Javante makes a move, goes a lot farther than I think we had anticipated. We were expecting to go for it on 4th down, and then you hit the mark. 46-yard line was where we wanted to be, and we got there. So we had to make the decision if we wanted to give it to Brandon, and we did. Didn't work. Sucks. But, hey, that's part of it. No <laughs>
0: do hack it. After the fact, when everybody who's ever watched a football game in their life questioned his strategy of going for the field goal from 64 yards for a chance to win on Monday yeah. night against Seattle, and he came out and he defended it, his quarterback came out and defended it afterwards, and this is the best about-face since, uh, since BA's
1: about-face. I'm, he, when, not, I'm, not, I'm not apologizing <laughs> for anything, baby. After I, I watched wrong. the film, it wasn't, it wasn't wrong, my fault. <laughs> right? It wasn't my fault. That was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen in my the life. The
0: difference is, this is coming in Nathaniel Haggett's first game as the head coach. I know. And, and if that was their plan, I have to question their plan-making abilities. I think you have to have a different plan. I think if Brandon McManus comes to the coaching staff before the game after he warms up and is familiar with the conditions and, 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 you know, how, how the air is flowing and all that. And he says, yeah, I could probably hit from sixty four. I'm saying, okay, if we need a field goal at the end of the half from sixty four, right, I'm right. going to let you do that's it. Right. That's right. R- that doesn't apply to a game winning no. situation
1: in the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, that's that's that, there you go. That's exactly where the logic fails. So somebody at one point in time, you know, it, and they they came to the realization that in worst case scenario, that's where we have to get to attempt a field goal, and then the head coach conflated that into a decision making process and opted for that over over fourth and five, a- and didn't realize that 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 was a worst-case scenario thing. Yeah, it's it's also situational. If it was 4th and 15,
3: then you 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 could say, all right, right, you know, he said he might be able to hit this. Let's try it. But 4th and 5
1: with Russell Wilson. Right, but also compounding the issue is just a horrible clock management letting letting that moment paralyze you. Well, it wasn't horrible clock
3: management if that was their plan. If that was their plan, then they were running the clock down. Well,
0: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But again, then you just point to the fault in the plan.
1: Right, either either way... the the statistics
0: of teams that went for it on 4th and 5 last year, the number was surprisingly high on a conversion rate. Um, Now, they weren't all in that same situation, Mm -hmm. and yes, you have to acknowledge Seattle's defense was flying around at that point of the game, I get it. it. This is one of those things, like... I don't know if you can overcome that as a coach. How, how, if, if, if you're trying to put faith... And by the way, Nathaniel Hackett was hired this year, but was not hired by the current owners of the Denver Broncos. That's right.
1: I forgot the The team was sold in between. The
0: Walton clan came in after Nathaniel Hackett was in place. Oh, yeah. That's that's interesting. That's not
1: a great way to
0: introduce your game day demeanor to your your new employer.
1: Yeah, that's a good call, Vinny. That's a good call. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, and so now the pressure is on him. The next time he gets in a situation like that, let's see if he overcompensates the other way. I... I, I, I don't At know. At least he admitted he was wrong. Yeah, I, I Nothing agreed. frustrates yeah. me than when yeah.
3: something goes totally wrong and then the person says, I do it all over again yeah. if I can. Right. What are you, an idiot? <laughs> you would do it, the thing <laughs> that <laughs> <Is> didn't <laughs> work all over again? Jared, I, I wouldn't change I, a thing. I, I don't say, disagree
0: with you, but I think both ways are frustrating. If you could come to that conclusion 24 hours later, why couldn't you see it in the moment? If you mm-hmm. can be convinced that easily, why were you so steadfast in the first place mm-hmm. to stick to your dumb plan?
3: <laughs> well, he realized the idiocracy, idiot, he realized how dumb it was. The idiocy, <laughs> the idiocy. <laughs> yeah.
0: The idiocy. Speaking after of. He realized, but, he hey, realized the idiocy. About, <laughs> anytime <laughs> you want to talk about the movie Idiocracy, I'm, no. I'm here for it, Jerry. He,
3: he realized the idiocy of it
1: after it didn't work so, so obviously. Yeah, but but again, that's that's one of those things. And think about the effect that that game might have on this division race, on the Seahawks state of mind. Uh, the crowd in Seattle, um, from what I could tell yesterday, this was one of this was one of those unsuspecting all time like great moments to take down Russell Wilson the way they did when not many people gave a chance to do that. And so, look, I I still, I I agree with you, Vinny. I don't think that they're going to be suddenly contending and winning eight nine games. But hey, you might get a little temporary you, boost from it might before a, right. before the reality That's of your, right.
0: your talent exactly. differential comes into exactly. play. Exactly. Uh, speaking of the reality of talent differential, the Dallas Cowboys going into week two with Cooper Rush as their quarterback. Interesting. After the Dak Prescott injury, they don't put him on injured reserve. He did have surgery. This timetable for return is very aggressive. Uh, Dominique Foxworth of ESPN says... It's border. It's crossed over from aggressive to putting too much pressure on Dak Prescott.
1: You don't want to create a paradigm where the expectation is that you come back from a broken thumb on your finger. And that's what they're doing. You don't want to do that to a quarterback. Uh, You don't want to do that to anybody, but you don't want to do that particularly to a franchise quarterback, a player and a person that you supposedly care about and you need for the long term, particularly when the risk reward seems like the reward isn't even there. If they're being honest with themselves,
0: they
2: don't have a Super Bowl winning roster.
0: I think that's a a good point. Um, We've seen what the Cowboys look like without Dak Prescott long-term. Now, Cooper Rush has the reins right now. That's a team that also can be accused of of not necessarily beefing up their roster, their depth behind Dak Prescott, who has had injuries in the past. Uh, But one prominent Cowboys honk says, don't worry about it.
1: You can make a case that Cooper Rush is almost as good as Dak, and sometimes I think he can be a little more consistent than Dak. Well,
3: when be, has
0: Dak ever shown you any routine consistency? You need to put that in the briefcase and walk up out of here. Skip Bayless said that with a straight face. Sometimes more consistent. Cooper Rush has started one game in his NFL career. He's thrown a total of 63 passes in five seasons. Uh, now, it may turn out that, hey, he, he's he got a little something. Nobody in the
1: football world knows that for a fact right now. Uh, listen, the thing that one of the... Now, I don't want to get sidetracked on this because this is not what we're talking about. Uh-huh. But one of the things that I hate most about the Hot Take national debate shows is the way they hover around and take these ridiculous stands around Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys, LeBron James. huh. It's... It's ridiculous. It's like a it's like a sideshow. Anyways, back to point. Uh, one of the things that I would say about that game is that that Cowboy offense looked like trash with Dak Prescott. With Dak Prescott, yes, it did. And so I don't know where they're going with that. I mean, they were
0: going up against. The eventual Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, uh-huh.
1: <laughs> which uh, we we have a little development
0: on the Buccaneers uh, too. Listen,
1: I, I'm almost I I'm almost starting to soften on Tom Brady. I'll, I'll explain later. Wow. I'll explain that. Later. You can't uh,
0: just float that out there and not elaborate. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, there are all these reports that G- Giselle has had it with him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and now there's quotes. To an interview where she said,
0: I would like him to be more present. (laughs) That was after his decision to
1: return to the Buccaneers, but before his 11-day absence. The 11-day absence was indeed, as both you guys forecast, was a v- vacation that that he committed to going on after he retired, and, and to save his marriage, he had to go on that vacation, and on that vacation, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were forbidden to send him anything, not plays, not emails, no communication, and even that still blew up, so – he he told Jim Gray, you ever hear that guy, Jared? Yeah. Yeah, he told, Yeah, here we go, here we go,
0: uh, on his love for football. Just really feeling intensely my emotions, and I always
2: have that, but I think when you get close to the end, and I don't know exactly where I'm at with that, but and I, and there's no decision to be made, and I know, you know, it's not like I have 10 years left, I, I definitely don't have that, so all these I just am never going to take for granted. It's a love that Kobe had for basketball, that Michael Jordan had for it, that Tiger Woods had for golf, now, that's so many athletes have for the sport and question is how long are you willing to commit with discipline to doing the right things to allow those things to take place over a period of time and that's what guys careers are judged on
0: um, again the word pathological comes in <laughs> and to hear him say i definitely don't have 10 years i'm not even buying that i think in 10 years we might still be doing this show and having quotes oh, wow. from tom brady's grandkids i wish grandpa was around more
1: but he's still playing on sundays the fact that the fact that from the outside that he may be willing to give up his marriage to play football is just stops me in my tracks that's that, why you're softening on him uh, n- no uh, not soft be, not because of that i just find it uh, sad mm. you're it the human side of I, I get it you get sort of like, Patholo- <laughs> you realize <laughs> pa- just
0: how obsessed he is and like
1: right how pathological it is like vinny said it just eh. <laughs> Stunning to me.
0: Look, there's been, and to to address his point, and he brought up some of the greatest athletes we've ever seen, where they had a love and they had an obsession to be the best, but at certain points, they know when to turn the ignition off, too. Yeah. And nothing ever hurt Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods' marriages, so.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So I guess those were were good uh, examples, you're right. Yeah, I don't
0: (laughs) know. Touche, Jarrett. Uh, coming up next as we hit the 7 o'clock <laughs> hour, Robert Sarver suspended for a year, fined $10 million. What does this mean for the players? How do the, the uh, players in uniform handle the Robert Sarver situation? We'll get into those possibilities next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.